Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gents, Tyson Popplestone here. Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, episode 152. I'm pretty sure we're at episode 152. Man, time's flying on. We started this back in 2019, and there's been a couple of missed weeks here and there, but pretty much consistently throughout that time, we've uh, we've uploaded an interview or a thought or, um, you know, there's been something coming out each and every week. So I hope you guys are enjoying it. It's amazing seeing how many people tune into the show and, and how few of you I actually know. So if, you are, if you're a regular listener, jump over. I'm probably most commonly on Instagram. That's my social media of choice. So I'd love to know who you are. I met some listeners at the uh, Great Ocean Road Marathon last year, I think that was now. It's going back a little bit. I was on the microphone there doing some of the course announcing and one lady before the race came over and she goes, man, I know that voice from somewhere. I'm just trying, I'm trying to pick it. And uh, turns out she was a fan of the show. So if you are, let us know. Jump over on Instagram. Also, if you're a fan of the podcast and you like watching the content, this is all available over at YouTube as well. So if you just jump on there, type in Relaxed Running, our, uh, our podcasts will come up. More than that, uh, I do a, a weekly video outside of the podcast. This week, I broke down or looked at Elliot Kipchoge's world record over the marathon. So if you're interested in more running tips, tricks and strategies that we don't talk about here on the podcast, jump over to YouTube. Um, excited for you guys. I know the uh, Melbourne Marathon, for those of you here in Victoria, it's coming up very, very quickly. And uh, I'd love to hear some of your progress, whether you're running the marathon, the 10K, the half marathon. I ran the, uh, I ran the 10K there back in 2011. It was my first big win. Uh, actually, this trophy here, that's the, uh, that's the Melbourne Marathon 10K uh, win from back in 2011. It's a nice one. It's like a got a blue light behind it. So I'm, I'm, trying, to, uh, I'm trying to make the desk look pretty. But uh, nice clear glass one. So that was I got really good memories there. Better than the trophy, actually. I got a 12-month membership with the coffee club, which just gave, they gave a like a big coffee machine and and 12 month worth of uh, of beans. And I think that's where my coffee addiction, <laughs> or my coffee habit started, was back there in 2011, going into 2012. So whatever it is you're preparing for, whatever race it is, I uh, I hope your preparations are going well. But Unfortunately, for, for some of us, running's a, it's an undulating kind of a sport, pardon the pun. It's undulating not only physically, but emotionally as well. There's so many curveballs that a sport like this can throw at us. And uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I had to have a difficult conversation with one of the athletes that I'm coaching, uh, who's, who's put in a tremendous amount of work. He's been incredibly consistent. Uh, his training progress is, is, is really starting to show. So every time I jump on training peaks to have a look at how he's how he was progressing. I was I was getting excited to watch this guy run, and uh, unfortunately, just a couple of weeks ago, after a couple of little hiccups with with health, he, he's got a busy life. He's a he's a hardworking man. He's got a family at home, and he's training hard as well. He he got whacked with with like a, a little bit of a man flu, I think, initially, and then a few weeks later, got back into it, and then got whacked with with COVID, which had him out of sorts for about a week or two. And uh, he was planning to run the Melbourne Marathon. And I was really excited to see how he's progressing. We just started to, to really see an increase in his long runs. And man, he was flowing. He was going along nicely. And unfortunately, we, uh, we made that mutual decision that, hey, after a couple of hiccups along the way, after a couple of interrupted weeks of training, that we might pull the pin on this particular marathon and, uh, and zoom out for a little bit 
and refocus for for a future race and it was a disappointing conversation. It was disappointing for me as his coach, and it was disappointing for, for him as the athlete who's who's put in so much work. But unfortunately for you, unfortunately for me, and unfortunately for him, it's just the nature of this beast that we're in. It's the nature of the sport. It doesn't matter whether it's a, a psychological battle. It doesn't matter whether it's a physical battle. It doesn't matter whether it's injury or illness. At some stage in our running careers, we're, we're going to have a setback. And I don't think there's enough talk about how to navigate your way through these setbacks and uh, obviously navigating your way through a running setback is it correlates beautifully to navigating your way through any life setback when it comes to you know the psychological approach and and today I wanted to speak about four or five different strategies that I think are really helpful and that I I still apply as much as I can not just when there's a setback in my own personal training but when there might be a setback in an area of my life and I think just to create the foundation, I think one of the greatest inspirations of a setback which has turned around as one of the greatest results in distance running history or middle distance running history was Hisham al Garouj. Uh, I'm not sure if you've heard of the Moroccan athlete before. He's the world record holder for the 1500 metres. He's run 3 minutes and 26 seconds flat, which is mind-blowingly fast, absolutely unbelievably quick. And... 1996, he went into the Atlanta Olympics as, as one of the favourites, Algerian uh, middle distance runner. I think he might have been the world record holder at the time, or he, he perhaps had just lost it. Uh, Noradine Morsali was another one of the favourites. Uh, Al Garouge went into it, he, he ran a beautiful tactical race. He, he ran a beautiful race, he was in the right place, almost at the right time. But then with about 450 metres to go, you can jump on YouTube and see this footage. He got caught up in the congestion of a really big pack and uh, he took a tumble and as a result he was thrown off the back of the field and uh, there's just no catching up to a field at that point in the race if you're going to trip over with 450 meters to go and so his olympic gold medal dreams uh, for that first big opportunity for him to win it was taken away from i think the most painful thing for him is it's four years between drinks for an olympic athlete so he went back to Sydney. This time, he was the hot favourite. Everybody expected him to win. He was facing the likes of Noah Nien of Kenya. He had Bernard Laggett in the race. And this time, he, he ran a different race. He didn't let the race come down to a, a tactical mistake or didn't allow himself to be in a position where congestion was going to cause him to fall at such a crucial point. And uh, in what became a, a real Al style of race. He uh, he took up the pace with about 700 metres to go. And then no in the end, the Kenyan just sat on his tail, sat on his tail, sat on his tail. And uh, with about 80 metres to go, 60 metres to go, ran right by him. And, and this was perhaps the biggest disappointment of Al career. He said at the end of that race, he there was a photo taken of him where he just looked devastated. He said he hung that photo over his, over his bed and made himself look at it every day for the next four years to to promise promise himself he would never experience that pain again. And I think it's helpful, though we're talking about an athlete at that level, I think sometimes we forget about the fact that none of us are excluded from these setbacks. So if, if you're currently going through a setback, or if you've been through a few and you're trying to navigate your way through, or if you've been lucky to this point, and don't really have any tools when it comes to the inevitable. And I say inevitable not to disappoint you, but just to be realistic with you. It's a demanding sport. Um, our bodies are vulnerable. At some stage, there's a, there's going to be something that comes up. I wanted to, to share these with you today. And there's there's quite a lot of them, but I've tried to boil them down into, into four or five categories, which I, I think most helpfully 
um, you know, help us navigate a particular time like this. So first and foremost, I think the first thing we've got to do is clarify what the setback is. I think sometimes we can just walk away from a race with a general sense of disappointment. And if you're anything like me, that general sense of disappointment can, it can just become a, a lack of confidence, a frustration. But without that clarity of what it is that's caused the setback, I think it's really hard to make any progress. So what what has your setback been? Have you, like the athlete that I'm working with, have, have you been sick? Are you out of form because you've been sick? Or did you have to pull out of a race because you've been sick? Or or perhaps you've you've had to navigate your way through an injury. Is that what stopped your progress? Is that what stopped your consistency? Uh, I think taking that time to recognize it, it, it not only allows us to take that first step in overcoming it, it helps us navigate what to do with it. You can't make an improvement until you've seen what the problem is. So if you're sick, what caused it? Had you been, you know, and it's really difficult sometimes, especially with a thing like, you know, a cold or a flu uh, and, and these kind of things. It can be really difficult to know exactly what caused it. Were we run down? Were we in the wrong place at the wrong time? Um, you know, had we uh, been nourishing ourselves right? Were we pushing ourselves a little bit too hard in training and our immune system had taken a, a whack as a result? I think what's important about that is it allows us to set a little bit of a precedent or, or have a foundation to build upon for the next race. Now, I think having a training diary in these situations is really helpful as well, especially if you like to go into a little bit of detail with your training about what it was you were doing before the setback, because it, it gives you a little bit of color as to what caused the problem in the first place. So if you can clarify what the setback is, it can give you some practical tools to, to work through. But in saying that, just because you've clarified the problem, it doesn't mean the emotional frustration or the distress or the disappointment or whatever it is that you're feeling just disappears. Unfortunately, that's going to hang around for a little bit longer. And, and that's where I think psychology is a really important part. Now, when I say psychology, what I mean is just learning to change the way that we see that particular situation, learning to view it in a more positive light. Now, there's a there's a number of people that you can do this with. You can see a, you can see a psychologist. More specifically, you can see a sports psychologist. For me, uh, I've probably got two things that I found most helpful when dealing with negative or frustrating times in my life, and specifically my running, and that is the classic idea of reframing the situation. So if you've, you know, you, to use the example of the athlete I'm working with, if you've got knocked about because of the fact that you got sick before the race, it can be very easy to, to you know, put a heap of pressure on yourself and be frustrated at yourself and be angry at yourself. Oh, why did this happen to me now? Why am I so frustrated? Like, why am I in this position now? It's so frustrating. But the idea of a reframe is to see it in a, a more positive light. Now, it's easy to say without the emotional residue. Um, it's difficult at the time, but if you can get the ball rolling in this department, it can make it really helpful. So I think one of the most helpful ways that, that I uh, find to reframe is either by writing it down and challenging whatever thought I had. Now, I've spoken about this on a previous episode briefly, or simply asking myself better questions. So when you realize what the setback is, get yourself a piece of paper, uh, write down what the setback was in one column, then in the second column, write down the emotions that you feel about it. What is it that's upsetting you? So it might be, uh, okay, I got sick before my race, I'm so frustrated, I always make this mistake, why couldn't I have done better? Like something really negative that's just getting you wide. Um, and then in that final column, it's where you challenge whatever the thought was for, from the second column. So it might be, obviously it's disappointing that uh, I, I faced this little hiccup so close to the race, However, I'm well aware of the fact that this is just a part of being a distance runner. 
I guess this welcomes me to the club of distance, right? You know what I mean? Like you can just put a positive spin on it. If you find that too hard to do yourself, think about what a positive person would say about the situation that you find yourself in. That's one thing I do when I'm really down in the dumps. I go, okay, what would a positive person in this situation tell me? And that's really helpful. It can help you just cultivate a, a fresher, more reasonable idea. The other thing is just, I, I love asking myself questions. So it's it's as basic as it sounds. So say I come home from a disappointing race. I'm really frustrated. I go, okay, hey, Tice, why are you so frustrated? And then the other part of me goes, well, it's because I had such a disappointing race. And you go, okay, well, what is it specifically about that race that disappoints you? You go, okay, well, um, I had expectations that I was going to be a lot faster. I guess I'm not as fit as I thought I was. And then the other voice goes, is it definitely a sign that you're not as fit or was there a tactical mistake that you made? You go, well, actually, I did take out that first two kilometers way too fast and as a result, I was a bit fatigued. By the end of it, when you move away from some of the emotional residue or some of the emotional steam that's sort of going crazy in those moments and you can actually look at it from a more logical point of view, I think that's a really helpful strategy to take because you, you go away, uh, you know, as much as I'm an emotional guy at the best of times. So if I can just leave that emotion to the side and just get a little bit of Ben Shapiro about me, just some, <laughs> just some, some black and white logic. Um, so perhaps you could just leave the emotions to the side, um, you know, get your... Uh, question and answers a little bit more in line as a result come away with a more helpful attitude the next thing i think is really important is um is just getting back into it getting back into it it is amazing how many people will let one hiccup in their running performance just stop them from uh, progressing over the next couple of months so if there's one thing i could encourage you to do after a hiccup is don't give yourself three weeks just to um you know meditate or or, or think about how poorly it was that you ran or how disappointing that race result was get the ball rolling again as long as you're in physical uh you know a physical place to do it and you're not injured get back to running you'll be so sick of hearing me say it but running has a reputation for rewarding those who are most consistent so if you can build up week after week after week of training uh with the the little frustrating periods in it as well that is in the long term going to be really beneficial to you um I think one of the biggest things that lets so many athletes down is having too short of a vision. So many of us just look a couple of weeks ahead and go, okay, by this particular day, I want to be running this particular time. And and too many times that particular day is two weeks down the track. So if you could zoom out a little bit, if you could take a few steps back and go, okay, well, here's my goal. In 12 months, here's where I want to be. That's a helpful attitude because a 12-month period allows the hiccups of running performance to come into it. It doesn't matter what scene you're in. I do stand-up comedy on the outside of uh, the running world, and I think that's the most helpful thing to me because quite often you go to an audience and you just have a rubbish night, you bomb. <laughs> sometimes it's because my material is rubbish, and sometimes it's because uh, the audience just isn't in a mood for comedy. That's the nature of the beast at an open mic comedy scene. Uh, so if I just focused on the bomb and like, oh, man, I should be at a much higher level now, there's no inspiration for me to get back into it after that. So me saying, all right, where can I be in three years? What does that journey look like? Okay, well, you're going to have bombs, you're going to have highs, you're going to have lows. Um, you have to just keep showing up consistently. That's where that breakthrough happens. It's, it's amazing how much or how well that correlates to the running world. Um, 
The next thing is working with someone. If you have someone to work with, it can be frustrating. One of the most frustrating conversations I'm sure the athlete I keep referring to had uh, was with me for this year. I said, look, for what it's worth, my personal opinion is I don't think you should run the marathon. I think your training process has been a little too interrupted. I think you're capable of a lot, but this particular race isn't where we're going to see it happen. Uh, it's hard to have that conversation, but I think having someone who's outside of your emotional state, who can see it a little more logically, can give you a ground just to bounce ideas off. He said, hey, well, I need to have a think about it for a day or two. Do you mind if I get back to you? I said, absolutely. And then messaged me back the next day and said, hey, look, I reckon you're right. Let's refocus. Let's re uh, let's re rethink uh, the approach to training from here forward. What is it that we're going to target once I get healthy? Uh, I think having a coach is a really helpful thing. So I uh, just for, for clarification, I've mentioned this a few times. I work with a number of athletes. I've got two spaces left. Um, I, I limit how many athletes I work with just because of the time that it takes and how much time I want to commit to it. So if you're an athlete who's flirting with the idea of uh, getting some personal coaching, would love to have you on board. If you jump over to relaxrunning.com, click on the coaching link, shoot me a message. We can have a Zoom chat to, to get that ball rolling um, to see if I'm a good fit for you, to see if you're a good fit for me. Uh, uh, but if not, like if you don't want to work with me, you can find someone who might be closer to your area, someone else you trust. It doesn't um, you know, just a voice of reason that's uh, not so closely attached to the emotion that you're feeling is really helpful. Someone to bounce those ideas off. And the last one I wanted to mention is is edit. Edit what it is that you're doing. Choose the feedback or take the feedback, realize what's happened and go, okay, let's not make that same mistake again. Or the flip side of that is uh, if something's working really well, let's make sure we keep doing that. Um, I think editing is a really important part. What's that definition, they, that quote? They said the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting a different result. If you're constantly injured, if you're constantly flat, if you're constantly sick, have a reflect, have a, uh, a think about what it is that you're doing and what's causing these hiccups. As I said at the start, maybe you haven't actually been in a situation where this is relevant just yet, or maybe you're listening to this because you're in the middle of it. But wherever you are, understand that this is a completely part, completely normal part, unfortunately, of the running world. As I said, our bodies are not indestructible. Um, uh, different things, like we've seen the last two years, can really impact our ability to race, our ability to race well, our ability to train. Um, injuries are part of it. So you're in very good company. In fact, uh, better news than that, I would argue or I would predict that there's not an Olympic champion or any person who's been in this sport for 10 years or longer, I'll say a year or longer, who hasn't had to deal with some sort of setback. So you're not unique, um, which is probably encouraging in this particular scenario. So guys, I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a big part of the sport, but there's a lot that we can do to navigate our way through it. So I hope that's helpful to you. I hope whatever it is that you're experiencing, this leaves you with a few simple practical tools that you can take away and apply to your own situation. Uh, just a reminder, if you need anything else from me, jump over to relaxrunning.com and get in touch with me there. But happy training, good luck for your upcoming races. Happy recovery if you're listening to this because you're in the midst of a frustrating period and I'll see you all here again next week. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com 